We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles. But when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No show, man. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen. You can get $50 off of any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everyone? Welcome back to the Corner Podcast. As you guys know, we're in the middle of Mayweather and McGregor week. Andreas Hale, Kel Dansby here, bringing you the show that you know and love from Vegas. It's crazy. The Irish are about to invade. We haven't seen the, the ratchetness yet, really. Uh, I know I haven't. There's always tomorrow, though. There's always the next day. It's out here somewhere. Chris Brown is performing this weekend. Trey Songs is performing. That's all you got to know. The IG thoughts, the, the hustlers, the scammers, everybody's about to be out here. Mixed with drunk Irish people. It's already it's already a wild week. This weekend, I can't even imagine. Um, so we had to knock out the show early. This is why we're here. And Andres is ready to go. I'm ready to go. Yo, so much happened just the other day. 
Where do we start, man? Kyrie Irving's gone from the Cavs. We can't even start in combat sports. Oh, yeah, I guess we could start with uh, Kyrie. Um, yeah, Kyrie, Isaiah Thomas. Dude, talk about... Look, listen, okay. I'll, I'll re- run it all the way back. <laughs> when LeBron left Cleveland to go to Miami, I had a problem with it. And not because, of, you know, he'd taken advantage of his free agency, but because I, I like to see players take their team to the top. I thought LeBron had the capability, and it upset me. I didn't like it. Um, when Kevin Durant joined the Warriors, I didn't like it because, you know, there was already a super team. But these are choices, free agency. But when you see a situation like Isaiah Thomas, who essentially, I mean, carried Boston on his back, played when his sister died, and was actively trying to recruit people to the Celtics, there's no loyalty there. They traded his ass for Kyrie Irving. They got rid of Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, that pick that Danny Ainge refused to trade for Jimmy Butler, and they sent his ass to Cleveland. That looks like a clown move on his part now. So, yeah, Ainge looks like an idiot. But, you know, people say the Celtics are better. But all, bottom line is, you know, Cleveland went from winning uh, maybe one game in the NBA Finals to winning two games in the NBA Finals. I mean, you're still not beating a Warriors team where their, their core is under 30. It's just not happening. No, but, I mean, maybe D-Wade comes over now. That draft pick holds a lot of weight. Uh, you can try to go for broke and say we're going to get LeBron one more one more piece and trade this top three pick. Or you can just hold on to that and be like, yo, LeBron's gone anyway, and we're going to use this to build. I mean, bottom line, you're not beating him. I mean, you had to get rid of Kyrie. He was going to be a cancer. Uh, you know, he's already a problem because he wants to leave. But, man, there's no loyalty, man. Like, how, how do you expect players to be loyal when shit like this happens. So it's really unfortunate for Isaiah because he gave us all that. He put the team on his back. Um, and it's the first time in history, you know, I put out the stat out there and everybody else ran with it. First time in NBA history that the number one pick and the, the Mr. Irrelevant pick was traded from the same draft. There are 59 other people that went ahead of Isaiah Thomas. He just got traded for the number one draft pick that year. That's a crazy stat. And people think his team, his new team got the better end of it. Yes, bananas. Um, yeah, man, that I can't even put into words. It the only thing I thought is LeBron giveth, LeBron taketh away. That's it. Like, yo, you he built the team, got to the finals, got washed, got to the playoffs a bunch of times, left for Miami. They went to the tank all the way down. Like couldn't do anything. And then they stacked four first or three first picks overall and then four top three picks. And you're left with only Tristan Thompson. Out of those Trash. three. Wiggins is gone. Um, Anthony, fuck, I don't even remember his name. Anthony something. Anthony Bettis. kills from Vegas. Yo, I can't. He's from Canada. Well, he's from Canada. <laughs> but he played out here. so He, he you played know. a hot second at Brief. Finley Prep. Um, all right, UNLV. So, Anthony Bennett's gone. He's somewhere in China now. Kyrie's gone. And when LeBron leaves, you're back to square one. Like, how do you have... That many top three picks, and you go back to square one. Bananas, all off of LeBron saying, "I want this guy, trade this guy, trade," this. and their franchise is a wrap. He's gonna leave; they're gonna suck for another twenty years. Yeah, I, I just thought it was funny, and we can get off this topic and move on to the real shit. But I thought it was funny when that you know Skip Bayless and a few other people were like, "Yo, the Celtics are winning the East." The Celtics still don't have LeBron James, so you can't. I mean, you can't beat LeBron James unless you have a super team. And the Celtics are on a super team. Gordon Hayward's not d up LeBron. It ain't happening. No, far from it. And their bench got thinner. 
Yeah, good yeah. luck to the Celtics, but it ain't happening. Um, let's talk about combat sports. Same night, Kyrie gets traded. I check my phone. Your boy, officially, John Bones Jones, gets popped again for steroids. Again. And I'm not surprised. I, In fact, I did radio interviews and told people it was coming. Like, yo, don't believe the hype. Don't believe the facade. The good guy act. The Cormier is my hero. I learned so much. Come on, man. We know who he is. And John, John Jones went John Jones. Yeah, I mean, you know, this wasn't my quote, but, uh, you know, it started up with uh, a few of the homies, uh, Danny Acosta and Ryan McKinnell, calling uh, John Jones OJ. And he's he really is OJ. Like, this is, <laughs> you know, and when I, like, I put it in, you know, I said it today when I wrote my piece about him being the biggest disappointment in sports, and arguably in the history of sports. And people were like, nah, Tiger Woods. Look, man, Tiger Woods won Mad Masters. And he's got a gang of jackets and then injuries hampered tiger woods and then he fucked off like you look at some of the greatest athletes that went left like you look at boxes that went left mike tyson for instance it, but their performance in the ring is what went left john jones never changed inside the octagon he had the like doing foul shit he was still the greatest mma fighter of all time but the motherfucker and i call him a motherfucker because i really i really don't like this dude in terms of <laughs> what he represents he just truly believed he was above the law like oj this is a pedestrian violation like this steroid that they found and you know they're talking about let's test the b sample malky cow was talking about it could have made a mistake people in his team tommy has been set up no man listen y'all fucked up you knew you knew what your man was capable of and John Jones, you know, he shouldn't have been taking anything. At this point in his career, like, I wouldn't even drink water. I'd that's be very it. careful of what I'm, what I'm doing out here. Fruits, veggies, maybe a steak and a potato. That's about it. That's you don't need saying. anything else. You're one of the best athlete, pure athletes in the world in terms like, of like, fighting. You don't need anything. So this, him getting popped for this on the day of the weigh-in was so pedestrian. When I compare him to OJ, I compare him to OJ, not the murderer, but the OJ who just went to jail for robbing merchandise with, of his own. Like, it's so pedestrian and juvenile and stupid. Like, how do you think you're going to get away with this? John is the same type of guy. He's a guy who, he, like, listen, he, he got a pay-per-view canceled. We got to remember this. We got to go all the way back to the Dan Henderson fight. And he refused to fight, of all people... Chael Sonnen. So that that pay-per-view in the tank. What they do, they said, all right, cool. Then it was pissed for like a couple weeks, came back to it. The dude wrecks a Bentley with hookers. All right, cool. You fucked up. <laughs> Which he completely gets a pass for, by the way. Yo, he, but listen, he, he gets this pass. Then, you know, he, get, he gets suspended. He gets stripped. And what they do? All right, cool. Put him right back in the title picture. UFC 200 comes around. What does he do then? Three days before the event, gets you yanked again. All right, cool. What do they do? Put him right back in the title picture. And he's fighting Daniel Cormier, and he knocks him out in the third round. And, and everybody's like, all right, cool. What, the, what does he do now? He gets popped again. Yo, it's over. Take the title from him. He's got to go. It's over. I don't – like, John Jones shouldn't fight in the UFC. It, like, if Dana White doesn't let this dude go – and I know people are like, well, he'll just go to Bellator. Fuck it. Let him go to Bellator. If he eats a four-year suspension, see ya. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but it's still John Jones. I I don't know. You just hold him on the contract and just made him make him sweat it out. I think. Um, man, I again. That's all I can say. Again, how stupid do you have to be? It just reminds me of of Barry Bonds or A Rod. Like, 
when you're arguably the most talented in your sport ever, you've already accomplished so much. Why? Like, what little edge is that going to give you? You remember the the Chris Rock special where you talked about Michael Jackson? He was like, another kid? Yeah. Another, like, you shouldn't be even near kids. Like, this is John Jones. You shouldn't be near supplements. Yo, I feel no remorse for this guy. Like, he's, he's like, come on, man. And look, 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 it further punctuates the fact that I've said that WME IMG bought a lemon. And people were like, no, nah, it'll be all right. L- look at the past year. Ronda Rousey, out. Uh... UFC, what was it? Uh, I mean, you had UFC 200, blah, blah, blah. You go ahead. Conor McGregor hasn't touched the canvas since, since the purchase. Um, more importantly, he's going to make more money in a boxing ring than he'll ever make in the UFC. Combined. Which means the money that you just spent to buy the UFC, you, you, had, you felt like you had Conor at a discounted rate. He's coming back asking for like 20 and 20 or 30 and 30. It's going to be some ridiculous number when he comes back. Regardless of what happens on Saturday night, uh, you had Amanda Nunez watch Ronda Rousey, but then she gets pulled at the literally one of the supposed biggest fights on International Fight Week, the fight card. She gets yanked. Dillashaw and Garbrandt out of there. Dana White trashes his number one pound for pound fighter, Demetrius Johnson. He also trashes his welterweight champion, Tyron Woodley. GSP comes back, and we're not really sure what to make of this because he's not as big as a star as I think Dana wants him to be. Like, Bro- then you had Brock Lesnar, who you you know the rumors where he's going to fight John Jones, but it came out that John Jones was going to fight Stipe Miocic. Look, WME IMG has purchased a lemon, <laughs> and a- they always get so close to having something special, and then yo, the rug just comes out from them. It's a and, and and because of this, do you think Conor McGregor's not watching? Do you think he's not sitting there going, "You need me, you need me"? And he's going to come back and break the bank. By the way, Fuego take. DC, if he doesn't get injured, and Ovin St. Preux steps in for him against John Jones, who wins that fight. I, I think, I honestly think in my heart of hearts, I'm just going off a of feeling, no inside info, that the only time we saw a non-juiced up John Jones recently was against OSP. His body uh-huh. type changed. He had added that extra weight. And people were like, oh, okay, cool. I think that's the only time we saw a clean John Jones. He overcompensated by lifted weights. Because he was scared of being clean, probably. Um, his body type, his composition changed. And he wasn't the fighter that he normally is. Because he couldn't go 100% and just recover like the shit was nothing. And, and that's the difference, right? So, um, but that's the John Jones we, we kind of always saw before. He was, a, he had a killer instinct in spurts. And he always kind of rested. And he wasn't always a cardiomaniac, necessarily. Um, he dominated competition, obviously. But that Gustafson fight, if I had to peg anything, might have changed John Jones forever. And how close it was and the fear of losing may have changed John Jones forever. Um, he was still an asshole before then, though. But e- yeah. even then, it's like, yo, that OSP fight, I don't know. Coming back from suspension, maybe just going completely clean, not looking great against OSP. And he's like, fuck it, I got to go back to what works. I don't know. I just think the dude's a sociopath. I think he's he's a straight up guy who thinks he's above the law. Like that's how when I look at John Jones, I just think like he's not John. He's OJ. Like okay, um, he's he's a guy. <laughs> Even that OJ went look, to prison, my man. But I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he like, should have took that into account. You know, like there were people that were like, "Well, you're comparing John Jones to a convict, right?" And I'm like, "Just wait. 
(laughs) I'm not saying this dude is going to murder his fiance or what have you, but I am saying that he is a person who doesn't really look at the world as something with real consequences. So even in this situation, like when you watched him cry at UFC 200, it was like, wow, sometimes this dude really believes the shit that comes out of his mouth. He does. Like at that particular moment, it's like, you know, it's like pillow talk. It's like you're saying things, and at that particular time, when you're in the bed with Shorty, you believe what you're saying. And then when you get out, you're like, what was I talking about again? <laughs> and you go cheat on her. Like, you're like, I don't even know. I'm going to get these other bitches pregnant. That's like, that's, that's John Jones. That is who John Jones is. And, and it sucks because I don't know the man personally, but I've interviewed him enough times, and everything that comes out, it's like, yo, man, do you... WMEIMG needed you. They needed you. They relied on you. They were pushing all their chips to the center of the table for you, and you did this shit. Tell you, yo, it, that's John Jones. It just is what it is. That's who he is. He uh, and he finds nothing wrong with it. There's all that God stuff, the, the biblical stuff. The you know, I think he thanked God right after Cormier knockout. That he changed the the promo with his father, the preacher, and in front of the fire and all this. John Jones actually believes every time that he changes. He the hell with rose colored glasses. Like John Jones looks at the world through cocaine colored contacts. Like that that's just what he does. Like that shit, he's in his own world. Everything's peachy. Everything's great. Everything is a high for John Jones. And he believes that shit. And then, huh. you know, on the come down, it's woe is me. Feel sorry for me. No, get the hell out of here, man. I can't even watch I want to go back and see that promo now. In front of the fire and oh my god, I'm yeah. such a kid. No, kiss my ass. And you know the worst part about this, and, and looking at my timeline, I just watched it transpire. Was that people don't really feel bad for Cormier like they should? Like <laughs> he was the villain. He was right. the heel. And people are looking at, at Daniel Cormier. Was like, well, I don't think he would have won anyway. Like he's zero two, and he'll never be able to know if he could beat that man clean. That's that's like the worst feeling in the world because it's not like. It's like being – fuck Charles Barkley. I can't even talk about him. Um, <laughs> He's on the list. Yeah, he, him, him, uh, goddamn George Foreman, they're on the, the list. You take Jerry but, uh, Rice off yet? No, Jerry Rice. No, he's on the list too. He, <laughs> he's on a different list though. But like George Foreman, well, no, Jerry Rice on the same list too. Fuck him too. But um, he like to be – if you were in the shadow of Jordan for all those years and then you found out Jordan was juicing. It's like that feeling, right? But it's even worse for Cormier because the only person he couldn't beat was John Jones. And there was almost like no escape. He had to settle for number two because if Cormier moved up to heavyweight, John Jones would probably have followed him. But now he's looking at it. He got knocked out. You can't take away the fact that he got knocked out. Regardless of what he was on, a man with that kind of pride like Daniel Cormier is going to live with the fact that he got knocked out forever. And now it's just going to bother him more because he's going to be like, well, dude, I'm never going to be able to avenge this. I lost twice, two times. It sucks, man. And if you give the title back, they're probably going to boo him again. That's crazy. But, I mean, that is what it is. In the end, you're a champion. You collect that champion's check. Just, just go out there and do what you do. It, the guy was juicing. Like, at this point, I'm not even saying allegedly all that shit. I'm throwing all that out the window. Like, when there's smoke, there's fire. You only get so many chances. No, I can't. It's unbelievable that John Bones Jones got caught again. More importantly, it's the timing. I'm sure Dana got the news and was like, 
Y'all really got to do this right now? He's <laughs> like, John, you ruined another huge fucking week for me, John. This is like three in a row. Like, come on, man. This is, we are in the midst of, not even arguably, the biggest combat sports event in the history of combat sports. And it's like, it ended up being like the number three, four story on Tuesday because of John getting popped, because of Kyrie and Isaiah Thomas, which isn't even combat sports, but it just was a big news item. And then with McGregor and Mount Nazi getting into it outside of the dam- at the Grand Arrivals. They're lucky this didn't all happen on Friday. Yo, it, first of all, it's, it's making us work double time. And me and you, we'll, we'll talk in depth because I'm sure people want to know what it's like. But this is... This is exhausting. Y'all, y'all really don't understand. People are like, yo, you're getting to go to the fight. It's like that's Saturday, my man. Like that's that's like 72 hours away, and I still got to work. Like I'm, we're doing this the show right now. I got like six stories to write. Like I'm doing appearances. Kelly, you're doing the same thing, and we're in. This, it's like it's it's exhausting. By the time we get to fight night, I just want the shit to be over. That's At it. That- like we can't even enjoy. You know what? It'd be better. We we've done it before, right? So we've had the international fight weeks. We've had the three fights in three days in the UFC. I think it was the December card. Um, and I think that one was, you know, we had what, Connor versus Aldo as the last fight, right? Yes. And there was like a little cherry on top. Like, I feel fulfilled. Like, yo, we were dead ass tired. But Connor knocking out Aldo and then them rolling in like 18 buckets of beer really made me feel good about being dead-ass tired at the end of that week. I'm getting neither of those things this week, I don't think. No, you're absolutely so, not. So I'm going to leave there trying to fight off the crazy Irish that are either insanely happy and storming the streets of Vegas or extremely sad and drinking everything in sight, just knocking it back. Got to make my way through all that. They're not going to give me free liquor. We're going to be tired. It's going to be a, a sham of a fight, which we'll talk about it. More here in a second, but I, I think it goes, you know, 36 minutes and we don't get any action. So I, I don't know. It's going to be a night that I feel like at the end, I'm just going to be extremely, extremely unfulfilled. It's like getting the super hot chick that you kind of know is batshit crazy and she intrigues you. And then finding out that like, yo, she's actually batshit crazy and her sex game is whack. So there's, like, no payoff to it. In all regards, it's horrible. And those women are out there, by the way. That's what this fight reminds me of. Where At the end, you're just like, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. And uh, we're going to be dead-ass tired. I'm already dead-ass tired. This beer is helping me stay awake. You know, once again, if we had a beer sponsor, I would say shout-out to a sponsor. Um, Drinking the beer during the podcast definitely helps. But I'm dead-ass tired. Yeah, it's rough, man. Yeah, y'all, you guys, listeners, we love you, but you guys just really, y'all really don't understand how this is. I mean, look, man, you know, old man Andreas, I was on my couch last night watching SmackDown, and I I was, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to blink, and I blinked, and it was four in the morning, and I I was asleep sitting up with my laptop in my lap, and like, like, yo, I didn't even know. I was like, yo, where am I? Like, I was like, yo, I'm done. And it was just, I had to wake up at like five in the morning and finish with my, my story on John Jones for Share Dog. And then I had to move on to, like, I have to do a piece on betting. And then I got this, I got a race piece that I'm doing on Yahoo. I just talked to Tyron Woodley today. Um, and, you know, I'm going to talk about this conversation with Tyron Woodley really quick. 
Tyron ran into GSP at the wildcard gym like two days ago. And, and it was, he just told me this. It's not going to be a news item. I don't think I'm going to write anything about it. But I just thought it was really funny because he said GSP was sizing him up. And he said, St. Peter said to him, how much do you weigh right now? <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> and Tyron was like, we're going to eventually cross paths. And I think Tyron is under the impression that GSP wants none of that smoke. So <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. But, um, yeah, man, it's just a lot. I got to interview Jerry Cooney. I was supposed to text him. I didn't get a chance. I got to do, talk to him in the morning. You know, we had the press conference today. Um, and, like, dude, it's Wednesday. Like, it's, it's Wednesday. Yo, I've gotten six hours of sleep so far this week. So Monday uh, – Deandra, if you guys don't know her, she's from BSO. She comes into town. She came in a little early. No one was here. I was like, yo, I'll take you out. Didn't get home until 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, by the way, I wake up at 4.30 every day because I work at Channel 13 News here in Vegas. And I got to be there at 5. So I do that. I'm like, oh, yo, I made it. I'm on time. Everything's good. Cool. I get some sleep tomorrow. Then we have the madness that breaks on Tuesday we have the Mayweather fights at Samstown, which are after um, everything that went down during the day. So I was dead tired. We get to Mayweather fights. We watch those. It's like 8.30. I get home. I shower. I chill. It's 10 o'clock. And I haven't seen my girlfriend all day. And she's just like, yo, you want to hang out? And I'm like, yeah, let's go. So we go out and hang out and drink. And I get home at 1.30. Wake up again at 4.30. It's crazy. And today, it's Wednesday right now, it's my relaxing night, and I feel like we're going to go out again at least until 12. Because it's whack, because we work all day, literally all day, 14 hours, so I'm like, alright, I gotta spend time with her, so it is what it is. So it's late night, and thank God I'm 29, and I bounce back. This this right here would make me start drinking coffee. Damn, I drink coffee. Well, guess because I'm old. Oh, <laughs> it, it is because you're old. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, no, nah, the caffeine free on, on this way, but that might change here in a second because the gas tanks on E on Wednesday, and then Thursday. Once again, I looked at it. I was like, oh, we get a chill day. Nope, UFC, UFC two fifteen and two sixteen, Ultimate Media Days. Yeah, they were like, you know what, guys, Pfft, you ain't got nothing else to do. Come through and talk to these fighters that, and I'm not going to say nobody cares about them, but I am going to say, dude, we don't need to do this. But I get why they're doing it. All the MMA media is out here, and I guess they feel like we should talk to Ray Borg. I mean, whatever. If I wrote a Ray Borg article on Friday, three people would read it, and none of those people are even my mother, and she tries to read everything. Yeah, I mean, they fully expect us to sit on these articles until later. They just want us to uh, stockpile content. But, uh, man, it's, it's, this is rough, man. This is like a really rough week. And, and, you know, I guess we can start getting into this Mayweather-McGregor stuff now. Because, I mean, honestly, I thought this show was going to be all about Mayweather-McGregor. But we've had so much other crap going on. <laughs> and we, we still got to obviously talk about SummerSlam, which will be at the end of the show. A lot of you guys want to get our thoughts. I'll give you my thought right now. It sucked, except for the main event and like the two tag <laughs> matches. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Damn, so um, grumpy already. It's yo, sucked. SummerSlam uh, sucked. It's it SummerSlam was suck. trash. All right. It, it, SummerSlam. No, SummerSlam. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about it later. Yeah, we'll yeah. get there. Yeah, that, Brian that's Campbell. For my second beer. My man, Brian Campbell from CBS. We talked about the press conference today. He's a mark because he was like, it was great. And I was like, no, it wasn't. It sucked. But anyway, to see MMA and boxing media together. Is like rival football teams riding the same bus. 
It is very <laughs> awkward. It, and you don't like because each side has their own issues. And there's only a few of us like myself, you, um, Lance Pugmire, Kevin Ioli. Who else covers both? Mm. Um, there's not too many people that cover both. Yeah. Usually you pick one side or the other. But it's like to see these the nuances, like MMA media has their issues and boxing media has their issues and watching them get together and like watching boxing media talk about John Jones versus how MMA media talks about John Jones. Boxing media is like, oh my God, John Jones got popped. MMA media is like, oh my God, this idiot got popped. It's, completely, <laughs> it's two completely different kinds of oh my God. Um, but it's really fascinating to watch, man. Like it's, it's really interesting to see the dynamics of MMA and boxing media. Unfortunately, a lot of them are going to get shafted on Saturday night when they try to get into the credential for the. Well, they get credential, but not all of them are getting in the arena. So that's going to be very interesting. Um, but yeah, we're 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 here. Like we're a few days away. The press conference happened, and uh, yeah, the dynamic is bananas. It reminds me of uh, Bring It On, where <laughs> it's like like you have the Toros and then the Clovers. And then you'd be like, yo, like, boxing media is definitely the Clovers. Like, when, when it's just like, yo, how did that guy get credential? Or they're a little rough around the edges. And then <laughs> MMA media is like, wait, we're outside? Like, what, what the hell is going on? Why are we standing outside? We don't get to ask questions? What are we even doing here? Why did I show up? Like, that's MMA media right now. At the press yeah. conference, they're like, wait, we asked four questions? They, they both don't talk at the same time? We're like, what is going on? This is horrible. We're outside for the grand arrivals. They're like, what is this shit? They, they yeah. can't even wrap their head around it. Like they're just, we're just sweating our ass off outside. And they're like, yo, we're not getting anything. It, it's so interesting to watch because like you watch how everything transpired today at the press conference. And I don't know how many people actually watched the press conference, but it was really interesting because, you know, boxing press conferences are all about thanking everyone. Dana White doesn't thank anybody. Let's get to it. Doesn't happen yet. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, it's a completely different world here. And, and I, I don't know if you noticed, Kel. I'm sure you did. Dana was having none of it today. Like he just wanted to get the hell out of there. He didn't. He didn't rating defending. He didn't do that. He uh, didn't. John Jones ripped his soul out, man. Yeah, like you could see on Dana's face that he was like, "Fuck all of this." Like he's over it. He just wants it to be over. And. Yeah, he's just he's going through the motions trying to figure out what he's going to do after this because clearly this is a boxing event. He's at a boxing event. Um, and Conor McGregor was on stage, sat there with a straight-ass face and said, you know what, I wouldn't mind dabbling in both boxing and MMA if I win this. And yeah, it's just third, like, what? Like third time he said it. Yeah. He's, he's, he I thought the other man. time was like tongue-in-cheek. Like this time, like Dana's always held fast like oh, it's a one-off. This time, Dana's kind of like, uh, like, yeah, he might be gone. What? He might fight once a year in the UFC? Not enough to bring in that dough. He's going to be on that Mayweather schedule. That is rough. And, you know, Connor does like to stay active, but come on. And he'd probably go from this to the Paulie Malinaji joint, which we just talked about. Paulie was having none of it. Connor was actually very polite to Paulie for a second. I thought so. You know, Connor, uh, they were kind of yapping across from each other for a second. Shout out to uh, Helen Yee, who caught it all on her phone. Like, clear as hell, too. And uh, Connor walks back over. He's like, hey, what'd you say? He's like, yo, just calm down. Like, we're, we're all good. And then Paulie was like, release the tapes. Release the tapes. 
And Connor's well, like, yo, just chill out, mate. And Paulie's like, where's your balls at, Connor? Where's your balls at? And Connor's like, listen, you got your ass beat. Like, now it's like, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Like, listen, you get annoying with this shit. Well, did you see the, the full video? Because Audi Attar, Connor's manager, is kind of stepped to Paulie and was like, you spoke out of your contract. And that's what set Paulie off because he was like, if oh. you didn't release the pictures, I wouldn't have had nothing to say. <laughs> oh, so Connor was passed, though. Connor was already walking by. Yeah, well, Connor was in the middle of doing uh, media interviews with whoever was out there at that particular time. We were all stuck in this damn hot ass tent. But um, oh, to yeah. be oh a hot tent. It's not like you were out in the sun, hundred three degrees. Oh, don't start crying. Listen, I was sweating through my shirt. You at least uh, had shade. Anyway, but uh, yeah, <laughs> Audie, so spoiled. Audie, so so Audie, spoiled. Audie got at, at Paulie and said he spoke out of his contract, and it's like, dude, you're the manager, so. Once he did that, that's what set Pauly off, and that's Why what kind of was Pauly even there. He's Showtime, so he had no business on stage. So what if he Showtime? He wasn't on stage. He was at the side of the stage. He was side like he like he was literally on the path of walking up to the ramp. Because I watched him; he was popping shit to anyone who would listen. Yeah, he, I mean, he was backstage. Like like if you're backstage, it, it's unavoidable. You're gonna see Conor McGregor. There's nothing you could do about it. But he he didn't run up on Conor. Audie saw him. <coughs> They kept and, him away today. I, I tell you that much. Well, they, I mean, you kind of you have to at this point. You know, you're this close to the fight. You don't want to blow with something stupid. But bottom line is, I mean, that's the fight to make. <laughs> like that's that's where we're at right now. The fight to make is Paulie Malignaggi and Conor McGregor, because after Conor gets his ass whooped this weekend, you know, and if he wants to box again, there is genuine interest in that fight. At least to me, unless they put out the tapes and it's like this one-sided drubbing. But let's be very clear about something. For those people who were like, well, Connor beat his ass. All right. Paulie got off of his couch to spar 12 rounds with Connor McGregor. This was not an active Paulie Malignaggi. I'm not saying Connor How Paulie's good is an active Paulie Malignaggi at this stage, though? Better than Connor McGregor. What? You think Connor McGregor can beat Paulie Malignaggi in a boxing match? I think it's uh, pretty close. I don't. I've seen well, Paulie get washed a lot lately. But he gets washed by professional boxers. Connor ain't no damn boxer. But not elite level boxers. Dude, Connor is not an anything boxer. I don't know. Con- dude, Connor is literally fighting his first pro boxing match. And he's Con- not even- Connor fights Paulie tomorrow. I'm putting money down on Connor. Easy. That's, that's tomorrow. I'm talking about Paulie trains, gets in shape. For a boxing match, I'm putting money McGregor. on Connor. You can have it. I don't think it's that easy. Like, yes, Paulie has been beat, and he's not. And it's interesting because Paulie doesn't hit hard, so that's what keeps Connor upright. But a professional boxer against Connor McGregor, yo, Connor got a lot of these people fooled about how good he is as, as a as a striker. He's a great striker who controls reins, but he still doesn't know what. Like, we're about to talk about this. He still doesn't know what to do with punches coming at him in boxing he has no idea what he's getting into no clue how to block that is true um yeah the technical aspects of the fight and ain't shit changed though i feel like we touched on all this like nothing has changed right like in my mind we know how it's going to go down everyone else who thinks otherwise is is fooling themselves um you you think it'll get stopped yes connor says it's not going to the judges floyd says the same i think it goes to the judges i think we get the same old mayweather 12 round decision dominant win i don't um 
and I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll give you a few reasons why. One, Conor doesn't have an off switch. The, the, the biggest thing about Conor McGregor in this fight that other fighters do against Floyd Mayweather is other fighters against Floyd Mayweather, once Floyd figures them out, other fighters check out and just hang around for 12 rounds. Conor doesn't know how to do that. Conor doesn't know how to be a ring general. Conor doesn't know how to effectively neutralize another fighter or even stay away. Like, you can't turn your back and run like you did against Nate Diaz. Can't do that in a boxing ring. You can't do that against Floyd Mayweather. When the going gets tough for Conor McGregor, he's not going to back down. He's going to keep coming. So there were people that were like, well, Conor's going to quit on the school. Conor's never going to quit. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen in this fight is Floyd. And, uh, dude, I've seen, there's things that I've seen heading into this fight from Floyd that I'm, pre- I'm, I'm 90% sure he's going to stop Conor McGregor. Not knock him out. He's going to stop him. That's fair. Connor's Just throw a barrage enough for the ref to stop. To well, step it, in. it starts with wearing Conor down, right? Conor is a sprinter. Conor doesn't fight. He doesn't go the distance in UFC fights. And when he did against Nate Diaz, he was absolutely gassed. Of course, an MMA fight is far different from boxing because there's so many things you got to worry about. However, the one thing Conor has never really had to worry about was getting hit to the body a lot. Floyd throws a mean jab to the body, and when things get close, when, when Conor comes close to him, Conor's going to have no idea how to deal with Floyd on the ropes, when Floyd leans on the ropes. He has no idea. No, he's going to try to attack him, which is probably the worst thing you can do. Right. And I said this in a few things, and I'm going to say it in a, in a couple more pieces and a few more interviews. It's not about what Conor throws at Floyd. It's about how, what, how Conor deals with what's coming back. Because Floyd's going to unleash that straight right hand, and he's going to throw that hook to the body, while Connor's trying to attack him on the ropes. The thing that Floyd does better than any boxer is hide the right hand and throw it from places that people don't see. And it hurts. Everybody talks about Floyd can't hit. Everybody's been hurt by Floyd. And not even hurt in the sense like, um, days, but it stings and it hurts. Now, what is Connor going to do with six rounds of body shots? Six rounds of work. Of work? He's going to start doubling over. He's going to fold. He gonna doesn't move. know what to do. Get the hell out of the way. Does he know how to move, though? He can't turn his back and run from Floyd. And when Floyd's telling people that he's going to, to come at Connor, he is. Because he, he 100% believes that Connor has no idea how to hit him. I asked Connor, are you, how are you going to crack the code? And he was like, I've watched tape. I know what I'm going to do. Dude, everybody has said the same thing about Floyd Mayweather. Professional boxers. Canelo goddamn Alvarez couldn't lay a hand on Floyd Mayweather. It's not going to happen. That shoulder roll, that chin's going to be tucked, but that assault that Floyd's about to hit him with, because he, he, he's a master of pot shotting. But other fighters are conditioned to go 12 rounds. I don't think Conor really knows what it's like to go 12 rounds. Fighting Paul and Malignaggi versus for 12 rounds versus a match of under the lights with a Floyd Mayweather, who I truly think is incensed to beat him, not in, in a mad way, but I don't respect anything that Conor's going to do. Yeah, I don't know. It's so hard to just say, like, you know, Mayweather's going to wake up and have that killer instinct. He hasn't tried to finish anyone in a decade. Uh, okay. Like, when you, so you just grow, like, it just comes out of nowhere. I I don't know. If he hurts Connor, he slows Connor down. He just continues to fundamentally pick him apart. I'm not sure if he goes all out, balls to the wall, leaves himself open. 
to you know being Pacquiao. No, it's 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 different. Look, Floyd doesn't look for the knockout, but he can get a knockout. And, and with an inexperienced boxer, it makes it a lot easier because there's a lot less work that Floyd has to do to get the knockout. Connor's going to do this to himself. Other fighters against Floyd don't do this to him. Other fighters back off. Other fighters stand and watch him. Connor's not going to stand and watch him. He's going to give Floyd every opportunity to beat him up. And it's not a killer instinct. It's like you go back, you know, if you if you don't count the Ricky uh, the the Victor Ortiz knockout, you look at the Ricky Hatton fight. Ricky Hatton gave Floyd all the opportunity in the world to to knock him out, and Ricky Hatton ate that check hook and got knocked out. Floyd wasn't looking for the knockout. He just took what Ricky Hatton gave him and finished him off. Long time ago. But he took what Ricky Hatton gave him, right? Marcos Maidana, like people will say, well, Marcos gave Floyd trouble. Well, because Marcos had a ton of energy. Floyd tried to wait for him to slow down, and Marcos did not slow down. And, and, and the wildness and all that stuff, is, it's different. But Andre Berto, Shane Mosley checked out. After he couldn't put Floyd away in the second round, he checked out. That was it. it I mean, but it, that, that's the McGregor philosophy, right? It's like, yo, I got four rounds. Anything after that, I'm out of here. Like, but no, it's a, different, it's a different kind of checking out. When Manny Pacquiao checked out, he, re- he stopped throwing. When Shane checked out, he stopped throwing. Miguel kept throwing. Marcus Madonna kept throwing. Berto stopped throwing punches. You don't, Floyd is a counterpuncher by nature. You give a man the tools to counterpunch you to death, he's going to do it. He's going to use your aggression against him, against you. And that's what Connor's going to give Floyd Mayweather on Saturday night. It's not, it's, it, yeah, Floyd will come at him, but it's really countering off of what Connor does. He throws wide, he doesn't throw straight, he throws extremely wide, and he throws some awkward angles. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say weird stuff. angles, though. They come, they come quick, they come sharp. They're not like large, looping, blumbering punches. Yeah, but they're, they're in eight ounce gloves, a, a big boxing glove that Floyd's going to be able to easily pick off. Because I guarantee you that Canelo throws better punches than Conor McGregor. I guarantee you that yeah. Shane throws better punches than Conor McGregor. But however, how does Conor deal with a counter? Because you look at the fight with Nate Diaz, Conor doesn't have any defense. He doesn't really know how to block punches. No, he was up against the octagon. He couldn't block a damn thing. So, so what happens when he, when he eats a, a straight right hand and buzzes and, and, and backs into the ropes? You think Floyd's just going to let him off the hook? There's nothing coming back. Yeah, nah. I mean... I guess muscle memory might take over. I just haven't seen it in forever. It's hard to say something's going to happen. You ain't seen it for a while. It's uh, Smooth I know, decade. You know, like when I, the last time I saw Floyd in the gym, he's beating the shit out of his sparring partners. Like, it's, he's not. <laughs> I feel like not, he beats the shit out of everybody. It's, it's just different, man. It's different when people give you the opportunity to hurt them. Floyd is going to hurt you. I don't think, like, Floyd has always been no risk Floyd. I got the fight in the back. I already got my check. But dude, you just like man. This is this is the easiest check that Floyd's ever gonna make. This is the easiest two hundred million dollars ever. Yeah, I mean, of course, the guy's a professional boxer. I mean, yeah. he knows that though. So they, like, they both know that. Like, really, everyone's in it. Like today, we saw. You know, they give uh, Floyd gave Dana White love. Dana mentions Ellerby. All, all these people, they're smiling, they're shaking hands. Come on, they're all in this of together. Course. They I they pulled the great heist right now. Under everyone's yeah. eyes. And the biggest thief is Conor McGregor. And more power to him than people be thinking I'm shitting on Conor. But the fact is, it's like, yo, he did what he said he was going to do. I, I respect Conor so much for getting in the ring with Floyd Mayweather. 
and finding a way to make the biggest payday of his life. He shouldn't even be in this fight. But no. he got it. He's and he's three years back. removed from making like a 10 and 10. Yeah. And he, he's got the fight of the lifetime. He's going to make the most of it. He's going to lose. And he's going to go back to the UFC. Like, dude, the best part is going to listen to Conor McGregor after he loses. Be like, eh, eh. I like, yeah, okay. I lost. Big, big, big fucking deal. deal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and what do you do to somebody like that? He's going to be like, none of these midgets in the UFC can beat me. Yeah, like, yo, I just dared to be great. No other fighter dares to be great. Kind of dares to be great. He took on Goliath. He's crazy. I don't even know. Like, as long as he doesn't get knocked out, it's the biggest win you can probably get. He's going to get knocked out. Yeah, if he can just save face, it it comes off really well. Um, Yeah, I mean, let's go. Official predictions. So we got to get details since we both are picking Mayweather to win. Um, Mm -hmm. And I give Conor a shot, a small, minute shot, but still a shot. Um, I'm going Floyd by decision, large margin, not even close. Yeah, I, I've got Floyd by uh, eighth round stoppage. Um, See, that's a that's, good round. When people go Floyd one through four, I start getting a little crazy. No, nah, I mean, I, I really don't think Floyd, you know, is going to look at that. Floyd, Floyd's MO has always been, let me see what this guy's working with, what I have to, if there's anything I got to worry about, and then let me pick him apart. I think Floyd's just going to really look at this guy and work on his cardio and that body. And it, once you hit it, somebody to the body enough, their hands start dropping, that face becomes a very clean yeah, target. And you got him. But that body work's going to be something else. Trust uh, me when I say it, people. Can't believe it. Four days away. Uh, it's a quick recap. So we're b- both picking Floyd Mayweather. Shocker, shocker. Um, what else do we have? You know what? We're actually going to roll straight into it. The hell with breaks. We're both tired. We're trying to get this done. There's no real UFC to talk about. We touched on it already. So... Wrestling time. I got my second beer open right here next to me. It means I'm hitting my second wind officially with more stamina than Conor McGregor on Saturday night. Uh, we got SummerSlam, which let, let's hold on, hold on. Let, let me not even go there. I'm not trying to rile you up straight off the bat. We had NXT, which was good. Mm-hmm. Nope, that's, that's it. You know, no credit, no credit given. Yo, it was a no. good card. It surprised. Well, none, neither of us thought it was going to be that good. I don't think there was a bad match on the card. It's, well, well, I wasn't okay. There wasn't a bad match on the card. No, there wasn't a bad. Like this was a the Gargano uh, um, Cian Almas match was a great opener. I think best um, match of the night. And you know, Almas as long as this gimmick mm, sticks and he doesn't Ember, have to talk, he's fine. Ember and Oscar was the best match of the night. Ah, uh, nah, not for me. You're wilding. Like, nah, like Ember Almas and Oscar was, was legit. Yo, are you nuts? Ember Moon and Oscar was like one. Like one of it was that shit might have been better than Bailey and Sasha. That's also somewhat blasphemous. No, it's not. Sasha was what? stomping on the hand. They had the story. Bailey Yo, had the broken Asuka, joint. Oh, Oscar, dude. It was all about Asuka finally, like Ember Moon finally getting her comeuppance against Asuka, and she couldn't pull it off, and she still got tapped. The, the limb work was magnificent in that match. The storytelling was great, and Asuka's, dude, she's, she's the best. Like, she is. She is. I don't know how. She ate that Eclipse, like, stunner joint like it was nothing. If that doesn't I mean, put her out, nothing will. The, like, she countered the pin and, and put her in the Asuka lock. Like... Yo, th- that was a, f- a phenomenal match. The Bailey Sasha match was great, 
because it, it, there was, it was a great moment with a feel-good ending. And it was a really great match. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's, I'm not saying that it wasn't at all. But what I'm saying is, like, I kind of watched them again. And I was like, wow, this Oscar match is really good. Um, but I thought it was the best match of the night. But um, my, my only issue with NXT is the storytelling. Not in, not in the ring, but how we got to where we're at now. It was shitty, but it worked out in the end. No, it didn't. still didn't work out. Roderick Strong is still left hangry. Bobby Roode is on the SmackDown roster now, and Roderick's never getting an end to that story. Just, that's it. You're done. Unless Roddy moves up, but I don't see that happening. Roddy, there's no reason for Roddy to move up. Roddy's left with nothing. Roddy has like, to come, yeah, he has to come through and say, you know what? Got, well, Bobby Roode interfered in Roddy and Drew McIntyre's match, so maybe they go against each other. But that doesn't even make sense. Anyway. NXT TakeOver as a whole, the worst match was obviously the main event, Galloway and, and, uh, and Rude. But, I love um, that you said Drew Galloway. Whoa, take that yeah. indie love. <laughs> I, I can't help it. it. It's so hard for me to start calling him McIntyre again. But, uh, the, yeah, the card overall was as a whole was good. I mean, even Sanity and Authors of Pain, was it was better than I thought it would yeah, be. Yeah, that was good. It's, you could say it. You could say that it was good. I don't think it was good. I thought it was solid. I don't, I don't think it was like <laughs> – it wasn't something I'd ever be like, yo, I need to watch this again. Um, but it was better than what I, I thought it was going to be. EY, um, I, I don't, you know, taking the match instead of, uh, that instead was of Killian stupid. Dane. Like, look, if you lose use any kind of logic, that was dumb. Killian Dane's the monster, and you're facing two monsters. Why would you in- inject a midget into the match? A little odd, but EY has a personality. He's the leader. Uh, real MVP of that entire match was Nikki Cross. Well, yeah, I thought Nikki was going to die when she went to that table. I felt like the, the, like whichever Authors of Pain 1 and Authors of Pain 2, whichever one had her, um, I was like, yo, he's a little far from that table and so in that spot was real low and i thought she was gonna get hurt but yo nikki cross kind of needs to break away from sanity at this point i say the same thing about killian dave yeah it, it well, worked for like a second as introductory it's okay if they split now in my opinion like nikki cross we saw in the oscar match which i like the oscar street fight even better than oscar and Ramu. street fight was good i don't think it was better but yeah it was good. I just like it better. I'm technically probably not, you know, but I, uh, I like yeah. it better. I found it enjoy enjoyable. And Nikki Cross is the truth. Her Ruby Riot, uh, Ember Moon, a lot of the other chicks coming up through the ranks. Listen, it, the women's divisions in good hands. The women's divisions in decent. The women's divisions in decent hands. In no. NXT, it's in good hands. But the day they decide to move Oscar up to the main roster, then it's it's not necessarily in trouble. But it's like, okay, here we go again. What's better? And this is tough. But the four horsewomen leading, you know, the women's revolution. Those four, or Oscar, Ember Moon, Ruby Riot, and Nikki Cross. Which four is better? I will say the the Sasha Bailey Charlotte. I think what they and and I think Oscar's better than all of them. But I think what Sasha, the chemistry that Sasha Bailey Becky and Charlotte had was almost untouchable. How I mean, if you go back, one of my favorite matches was that that Fatal Four Way that they had. Um, and you look at the matches with, with Sasha and Bailey. You look at their feud. You look at the Iron Woman match. You look at how Sasha was a complete heel and made Izzy cry. That that 
is the reason why we got to where we are today with the women. Like they, those four were phenomenal together. And, and I think Ember still, I love Ember's in ring. I just, she's not clicking with me personality wise. No, on the mic. She just, she doesn't have it right now. Yeah. So, and it's like the four, like those four, like that triple threat match that had Nikki, um, Ruby and Asuka, that wasn't, it couldn't even come close to touching what the horsewoman did. So, yeah, I got to go with the, the earlier four. The four horsewomen. No, that's that's close. Um, uh, if Asuka stays down, I think they give them a run for their money. I don't. I just don't think they don't have the chemistry yet. Like, they got a lot of work chemistry to do. Chemistry is huge, yeah. yeah Overall, like the talent, chem- probably better. I mean, is Bailey the pure wrestler of any of these other four women? Probably not. No, but the story, the, the narrative, like Bailey's narrative, like that win in Brooklyn was huge. Like if Ember would have beat Asuka, it wouldn't have been as big. Nothing was as big as Bailey finally winning the title. And then the girls coming down to the ring and putting up the, like, yo, as a whole, that that was huge for women's wrestling. You can't recreate that. Asuka's so good. And Ember Moon, Ember Moon is such a great wrestler. And Asuka's an entire, a great wrestler and character. And Ruby's a very, a very good wrestler. We haven't seen enough of her character. And Nikki, she's a great character and a very good wrestler. But the chemistry between those four is not there. There's not – like, NXT has, has done a very shitty job with storytelling. And Oscar's story is fantastic. But outside of that, it's, like, very haphazardly put together. I don't – like, I don't – like, the Ember, Ember chasing Oscar has been great. Ember losing to Oscar was fantastic. I, like, I was so happy that Ember lost. But – um. As a whole, it's just like the other, they feel like the odd women out. Like, mm, I don't think they'll give them a run for their money. But I think they're very good. I, I, I do enjoy watching these women uh, wrestle right now. Yeah, Much better than the anime roster. Uh, yeah, it's better than 205 Live. Ugh. Enzo That's Amore's cool. 205 Live. Well, we'll get to him. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to him with a trash storyline. But um, yeah. All right, so we had Sanity touched on that, Andreas Almas. Let's see, uh, let's see, Alistair Black versus Hideo Itami. That was, that was great. That was a hard-hitting match. Yeah, that was like New Japan style. Yeah, that was, I mean, was it's stiff. Ev- that was nice. It's obvious, it's obvious that Alistair Black is going to get a run at this title sooner or later, but until we get to the end, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, what else was there? What else did we miss before we get to the main event? Um, Anything? No, that, that's literally it. Asuka and Moon we talked about. McIntyre Root. It's just Alistair Black, Atami, McIntyre Root. Yeah. Um, Alistair Black and Atami, like we said, that was dope. Atami took that kick to the face like a G. I expect him to move up because there's nothing left for him to do down there. I thought he'd go to 205 Live, actually. Who? Atami? Yeah. Man, listen. After, like, Root got called up, I don't want to see nobody from NXT go to the main roster until they figure out what they're doing in the main roster. That's not how it works. But I know that's not how it how it works, but it makes no sense to keep law- stockpiling talent that you're not even going to put on television. Doesn't make any sense. Like you have an embarrassment of riches, and you're pissing it away weekly. We'll talk about that. But <laughs> main, the main roster is garbage right now in in terms of how like everything that they're doing is just not good. Aside from the the four monsters in the main event and the Usos. And hmm. that's a short list. It's it is it, it, like I watch it. And I'm like, man, y'all got y'all got all this all this talent, and still find a way to, to piss it off. So yeah. Anyway, 
Let's uh, talk about the main event. Main event. McIntyre versus Rude. Oh, shit. Well, to bring everything full circle, there was also the debut of Red Dragon. Yes. Red Dragon jumping. Jump okay. That was, there was my problem with the Officers of Pain Sanity match. Why even have the title switch? I don't get it. Um, I, I'm assuming Authors of Pain are going up. Oh, God. Please stop. I hope you're wrong. No, but, I mean, it's the same reason why you got the title switch with Bobby Roode. Yeah. yeah McIntyre had zero, zero pop, zero heat. He had nothing. And he got the title. But uh, it just feels weird because Red Dragon came in there and beat up Authors of Pain and Sanity. Which... Does that effectively make Red Dragon a heel and Sanity a babyface in this feud? I think just seems... Sanity was a babyface against Authors of Pain, too. Right, which makes absolutely no sense to me as to why there would be babyfaces. Like, an overwhelming amount of people aren't really big fans of Sanity as a group. And to make them babyfaces takes away the edge that they had in the first place. So it's kind of odd to me that they go this route. I would have loved to see Red Dragon being the team that could beat the monsters. Not Sanity, but... It is what it is, but I'm so happy that we got Rude and Fi I mean uh, O'Reilly and Fish together. Uh, it was necessary. Better than them There's... being apart, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and I think they're fantastic singles wrestlers. I think Fish has been excellent. His RH one is great. O'Reilly, I think, is above and beyond a lot of people. But together, I think you can get more done in NXT than apart because there's a lot of competition. There's only one belt to chase after. Yeah, I mean, I've never been a huge fan of Red Dragon, right? Like. <laughs> This, yeah, this yeah. is on wax, on the podcast. This is the most I've liked them. Already. New Japan, ROH, uh, Bola, I think two years. They've been there. Except as singles wrestlers, I think, though. Um, yeah. But still, this is the most I've liked them. Just come in and wreck shit. Don't say anything. They're still a little bit weird. I'll see how they carry the match. Maybe they have to change the style for NXT. But even though I, I like their introduction. And on that same note, the main event sucked until we saw, um, whoa, fuck, why did I draw a blank? Hold on, let me take another sip of beer. Hold on, it'll come to me. Don't say it. Wow. Ah, Adam Cole, baby. There you go. Sip of beer. Jog the memory. Adam Cole, Adam Cole. on the run-in, who just looked like HPK part two. Am I right? He had boots on, he hit the super kicks. I mean, yeah. Either HBK Part Two or the third member of the Young Bucks, and they just didn't come with him, so he was sad. And Red Dragon had to step in. Yeah, he was—he's the worst kept secret in NXT. Like everybody knew he was coming, just it was a matter of when. And uh, it, I think, yeah, like you said, Rude lost, so he can move up to the main roster. It was time. Rude, Rude has always been a main roster guy. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting how they establish this feud and Cole. Cole is a guy, it's, a, it's also very strange to see Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly together because they were Future Shock and they had like a bitter breakup and a huge feud in ROH where O'Reilly took, finally took the title from Adam Cole and now they're together. And Fish is like, all right, like, it's like you're hanging out with your ex-girlfriend, right? <laughs> and it's like they're all back together. It's, it's weird. But I guess Red Dragon basically replaces the Young Bucks for Adam Cole's homies. Now... One of the best things, have you seen people uh, pull clips of Kevin Owens watching Adam Cole make his debut? No. It's like the best thing. It's the best <laughs> thing ever because the smile on Kevin Owens' face, like he is, it's, it's very similar to how Sasha 
when she, when Bailey came in and how you could just see how happy Sasha was. Kevin was like a little kid watching his his good buddy Adam Cole make his debut because everybody back in the day they said Adam Cole was too small, you know he, he was nothing special. But just like see? Kevin Owens was too fat, yeah, and he'd never make it. No, so, it's, it's very reminiscent, right? Like they both had their major moment on a takeover, which is yeah. Crazy. And, I mean, they were Mount Rushmore. You know, and it, you you switch out the Young Bucks with Red Dragon, um, and then you can, if you want to really go that route with PWG, you bring in Roderick Strong, because that's what Roddy was, Mount Rushmore. He was the champ in PWG, and then Adam Cole came back, and you know you didn't have Red Dragon, of course, but you, like back in the day, you had Kevin Owens in Mount Rushmore. So if you really want to go full circle, you bring Roddy into the group. But yeah, I don't know doing if shit else. Right. We already explained that. Exactly. But, yeah, I love the debut. I kind of wish the, the segment that they put on WWE as an exclusive where Adam, with the crew was making their way up and the whole crowd yelled, Adam Cole, baby, they needed to have that shit on the pay-per-view. Because <laughs> people who don't know Adam Cole were like, all right, it's cool, whatever. But to hear the crowd in Brooklyn yell, Adam Cole, baby, it reminds you, like, yo, people watch indie wrestling. People That's what's so crazy, right? This is, like, Japan. this is the third time recently where we're like, Yo, they actually watch this stuff? Who else yeah. debuted it? We were like, yo, they got a crazy pop. Oh, God. man, we were just watching it. And it was just bananas. Like, yo, the pop is huge. Like, they actually know who these people are. They know yeah. what they do. It's, it's mind-boggling. And one, one year, we got to go to SummerSlam. It's right there in New York. Like, we got to make the trip. Yeah, I got to do it one time. One time, but I really got to take over because SummerSlam was like insufferably long. Let's, we can might as well just jump into it. Yeah, I mean, shit, it's right here. Um, SummerSlam was not bad. It was not horrible. You're, you're it bugging. was average. Like, yo, you're the biggest pessimist in the world. It was all right. Like, let's just be, it, it was all right. The pre-show was good. Good matches on the pre-show. And then it just took a dive when the pay-per-view started and ramped its way up from there. So, okay. I don't, I don't know what your definition of good is. And it's I. It's good. It's average. It's I. It's not okay. bad. It's not trash. By no means. I mean, okay, so... The this pre-show, shit was better than the WrestleMania we went to in Dallas. Mm, Roman, mm, Re- Roman Reigns? Clean over Triple H? Yeah, but we just had to tell Jinder Mahal it's kind of clean over Nakamura. Kind of clean ain't clean. But it's Jinder Mahal. He's terrible in the ring. And it wasn't the main event. Well, that doesn't matter. That's not my point. It does because um, we all left like, what the hell? This is better than the WrestleMania in Dallas. I mean, yeah. I mean, the WrestleMania was extraordinarily wrong. It doesn't make it any less sucky. Like, <laughs> look. So SummerSlam, the, aside from the main event, which I thought was an excellent car wreck. Thought it was fantastic. I, f- I knew they were going to find a way to hide Brock, and they and they figured that part out. But let's just look at this card. Uh, the, the pre-show, yeah, you had the, a great cruiserweight match, which I, I still don't understand why Neville won back the title. It just doesn't make any sense to me. No clue. But they're still feuding, so might what be short lived again. Yeah, the Usos tag match was fantastic. The Usos have been an absolute revelation as a heel tag team, and once again, they proved it against the New Day. That twenty was minute match, by the way, the second longest match of the night. They gave them time, which is why I love when they made they move good title matches to the pre show. People complain and be like, "Oh, they should be on the main show." No, don't limit their time. 
it's great to see the Usos and New Day have 20 minutes to work and make it just as enjoyable as any other match you'll see. Yes. Uh, the Miz Taraj, that was terrible. I felt really bad for them when I went back and watched them. There was like three people in the arena. That sucked. That was worse <laughs> than what, how many people are going to be at, at uh, Mayweather McGregor, like those early fights. Oh, my God. There's no way going to be there. Um, it's going to be rough. But that sucked. So John Cena versus Baron Corbin, that sucked. Can we can we be clear? Like, that was not a good match. No, yeah, that, that wasn't good at all. But Cena pinning Corbin clean was funny as hell because Corbin's a rap. Yeah, but it sucked. Like, it was, it, it, there was no heat. It wasn't a hot opener. It sucked. It wasn't good. Um, and it was almost like Cena was kind of going through the motions with Corbin because he sucks. So that wasn't that good. Natalia beat Naomi. It was a decent match. Um, good for Natalia. She wins. I, I'm surprised. I'm kind of surprised Naomi lost the title because I feel like that glow belt is merchandise gold. Um, that they could sell the hell out of those. So they'll probably get the title back on Naomi at some point. But cool. Yeah, whatever. Natalia won. That was an average match. Big cast of Big Show. Hot garbage. Jesus Christ, that was bad. Did you expect something better? But I'm, I'm just explaining why SummerSlam sucked. This, was, this match shouldn't have been on the main card. And Enzo this, greased himself up. That was funny. And not, he gre- Like, look, I have this thing now. If you continuously beat up the man who interferes in your match, why do you care? Enzo, every time he's interfered, he gets his bell rung and he gets beat the fuck up. I, don't, I can't for the life of me understand why Cass would care. But if you do care, why are you hanging him in the shark cage above the, the ring so he can just yell at you the entire match? That feels funny. It's better than him just sitting there. But it's logically, it makes no sense. And the match was just flat out bad. And they went 10 minutes and 30 seconds, which is 10 minutes too long. Wasn't a good match. Can we agree? No, I definitely agree. Worst match of the night. And that's including a 10-second match. Well, look, Rusev and Randy Orton, listen, sucks for Rusev. And you know I'm a Rusev mark. But this match was about as long as it really needed to be. Because nobody cared about this. I don't want to hear Randy Orton say shit else about spot monkeys in indie wrestling or flippy shit. He had a 10-second match with his only move. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, whatever. You you got in, you got out, you got your check. Good for you. Uh, Sasha and Alexa? All right. This wasn't a great match either. It was cool. It was cool. It was not bad. But around this time, around, I think, when... Because you were at, at my house. We had a few drinks. Um, Correct. I believe right I, here I had a... This was around the time I had my shot of fireball. So I was experiencing fatigue in, in, in terms of like, I don't care anymore. Like I, I was folding clothes, dude. I was folding clothes. <laughs> the whole damn time. You got a lot of laundry done during SummerSlam. Yeah, because this shit was long. And that's my biggest problem with SummerSlam. It's long. Um, Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt. This was like... I, I I don't understand this. I, I the Finn entrance is still as dope as it's ever been. It is Finn's entrance is dope, but it, like Finn needs to have a different style when he's a demon, and he needs to use the Bloody Sunday as his finisher to do the coup de gras and the, the same routine to finish off your opponent as a demon is dumb. Because Cole and, and they're, they're all talking it up on commentary. The demon, the demon. But then the demon's like, oh, well, he's just Finn Balor with paint on. <laughs> yes, he needs to be different. I don't, I don't get The feud had no heat to begin with. It was great. The, open, the entrances were f- amazing. 
Like, it would be great to watch them in WWE 2K18, but then you still got to play. And if I don't know <laughs> what I'm playing, then, I, yeah, I didn't care. Listen, you can just hit the entrances up, press pause, back out of the game, and do it again. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, but the entrances were better than the match. No, definitely. Um, you know, it sucks that Wyatt, again, jobs out. But that's what he is at this point, I guess. They see you him get, as a very high-ranking job. Like, do you get... Beat it. What does Bray Wyatt do for you at this point in your career? Because he loses every meaningful feud that he's in. I don't know. Like, yeah. every one of them. He says some creepy shit. He allows you to be creepy. That's it. He turns the lights off. It's trash, man. It's, they, Bray Wyatt is not a guy that you look at and was like, man, if I beat him, I'm in the title picture. It's like he loses to everybody. He loses every feud. Terrible. Um, Ambrose and Rollins versus Cesaro and Sheamus. I thought this was a very good match. Good match. Um, Ambrose and, and Rollins obviously still have that chemistry. It, yeah. it was the you know a, a digestible version of Dean Ambrose because well, he, yeah, he's been very stale prior to that. Yeah, he can tag out. Yeah, which, <laughs> which is necessary. MVP Cesaro, the goddamn mm. beach ball. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Walking into the crowd, straight shoot, takes the beach ball, rips that shit. Ah, Yo, like, like the Cam Newton chest rip open, but he did it with a beach ball. Listen, Cesaro didn't – he had to go far to track down that beach ball. It wasn't like it was in the front row and he just snatched it out of some kid's hand. He rolled his ass. He jumped out <laughs> of the ring, went down to like the risers to get to retrieve that beach ball and rip it up. Amazing. Amazing. It's just another testament of how good Cesaro is. But this was a good match. Um, new champs, that's cool. Whatever. We, I mean, you know, it refreshed the division a little bit because now everybody can kind of chase except for uh, Gallows and Anderson because I don't know what they're doing with them. But mm, um, I'm not sure if anyone knows what they're doing with them. Yeah, but they've that, always been really good lackeys. Alone, I'm not sure if they're good. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on there. Um, but yeah, you you that I mean that was a good match. I I enjoyed that match. Um, it wasn't like a four star match, but it was cool. Okay, then, Meltzer, it's not a it's not a seven and a half. Yo, Melser and his G1 ratings are ridiculous. We're not going there. It's, <laughs> he had like four above five ratings. It was bananas. I mean, dude, it's like, you know, you go to school and it's like, man, you wrote a really good paper. That's an A+. Plus. Yo, this paper's even better. That's an A++. Plus plus. This paper's even better. That's A+, plus with three stars, a cherry, and a smiley face. Like, after a while, the whole damn, what's the point? Like, getting an A sucks now because you've just ruined your own scale. Anyway, um, Jinder Mahal and Nakamura. This match sucked. Yeah, it did. I can't even... Um, well, Nock was just kind of on cruise control, and they didn't let him win. If he won, yeah. I would have been fine with the match. He would have got his moment. We would have been good. See, look, I don't care that he lost. Because, like I said when we talked about on the pre- on the preview, I, it, I didn't feel like it was his time because they did nothing to make you want to really see him win. So it wasn't like when he won- wins the title, I feel like it needs to be a big deal. This wouldn't have been a big deal. I, didn't I mind think Jim- they wrestle again in this next... Uh- in the next pay-per-view, by the way. It's possible, but... The feud has gen- to keep going. For Jinder to beat Nock with fin- his hitting his finisher once in... How long was this match? Like 12 minutes or some shit? Uh, let's see. The match was... Jinder Mahal. 11.25. Yeah. That's a on, long man. time, right? This is, your world, this is your world title match. But compared to the other matches around it, Ambrose... 
Rollins, Cesaro, Sheamus for the tag titles, 19 minutes. Uh, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, 17 minutes. Main event, 20 minutes. So it's not like, you know, they yeah, but, had that much time. But I'm just saying, your title match went 11 minutes. Your yeah, ti- I mean. Your SmackDown even- title match went. Your, look, your SmackDown title match with some fuckery in it went shorter than your Cruiserweight match on the pre-show in five seconds. I'm looking at the times now. In five seconds longer than the Miz Taraz versus the Hardys and Jason Jordan. Five seconds longer than that match. Yeah. Your title match needs more respect. And to have a finish like that was just completely useless. Look, and I get it in the sense like the show was overstuffed. And it's the reason why they needed to have like a six, seven man ladder match. Like this needed to exist on this card because there's too many pointless matches. Miz could at least defend his title in that regard because he's just sitting there doing nothing. Like you could have done the Miz. Where's Sami Zayn? Where's Sami Zayn? Just give up. It's over for Sami. But they could have done something different. Um, The Styles Owens match. Again, as much as I like Styles and Owens, I think these guys, they haven't had that match yet. And they're not because they're moving on. But, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yo, but Shane was like, he was an awful referee. <laughs> like, <laughs> get in the way. Get out the goddamn way. It was all about him, man. He took random bumps for no reason. Like, yo, yo if your ass was just away from the action, you'd be good right now. The best part is when Kevin Owens yelled at him, you jump off of buildings. You can't take that 450 and make a three count? Best line of the night because, yeah, Shane McMahon jumped off of a structure through a table. <laughs> it and got still, up. Yeah, it still made his way back to the ring. He got hit with a 450 splash and acted like he was dead to the world. Consistency. <laughs> oh. No, listen, Shane's a little older. There's a lot more gray in, the, in that main this no, year he, than it was last year. He just jumped off of the – yo, he, he should have died. But he should have yeah. died. <laughs> anyway, and then you had the main event, which I thought was fantastic. From I loved top it. Top to bottom, it was good. Uh, Braun Strowman's a star. Yeah, they they really found a diamond in the rough here because you know just over a year ago, Braun Strowman was trash. Like before he started wrecking jobbers and James Ellsworth and making his way up and he had one run- NXT match and they came right up. Of course, he was going to yeah. be trash. But I was saying, like, you know, when he was part of the Wyatt family, he was terrible. And you see how far this man has come in his presence and understanding what he's there for is to destroy things. Um, and destroy Lesnar. He did two tables and flipped one over on him. Yeah, and, I and mean, he makes it look so easy. If, like, if like I had Lesnar's light work, if I had one real concern, it was that all like Samoa Joe did was put people in the Kakina clutch. Like he did nothing else. Um, <laughs> but. You know, it's a four. It's a four man match. Uh, I, I was ninety eight percent. I was like ninety percent sure Joe was going to take the pin. I was completely wrong. Roman Reigns took the pin. Is Roman done? Is his push over? Is it official? No, it's, his push isn't over. But I think right now they've given up on Roman versus Lesnar one on one at WrestleMania. I think when when you have Brock go over clean, there's no reason to have that match. Um, and yeah, I mean. That match, I mean, this match was great. Uh, you know, th- there's a few directions that we're going to move on, that they're moving in, that we can dissect real quick before we get out of here. But that match was great. But the rest of this pay-per-view, man, like, it was way too long. It's not, okay, it's long, but we knew that coming into it. But, but we long have, sucks. Let's see, Neville, good match. Uso, good match. Um, 
Natalia versus Naomi. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, didn't like that, that, Sasha you Alexis. Good match. I like the Finn match. That's four. Ambrose Rollins. That's five. Styles Owens. There was less shenanigans than we expected, so that was good. That's six. Seven out of thirteen matches were pretty good or decent. But I'm not here for like okay. I'm not here for decent. I'm I'm not here for the matches that I can basically see on SmackDown and Raw, and that's what I felt like we got with a lot of these matches, with the exception of the main event and those two tag matches, which I think were. The agents who booked those did a hell of a job. I think a lot of these matches were like straight up matches we could have saw on TV. Like you could have taken the one, two, three, the first four matches, and you could have moved Naomi and Natalia to like the pre-show, and you can cut off an hour. It's it's really hard to stay engaged as a fan for that long. Like New Japan, we kind of know better. We know those last at, at G one. Oh, I skip the, all the non pay per view shit. Yeah, and those matches aren't even bad. They're just there. And, you know, and they set up whatever's the next night in G1. But you know that the last four matches are going to be incredible. Like this, we didn't really get incredible till we got to the end. I don't like there was nothing that I felt like like let, this. This four way was like a four star match. It, I don't even it wasn't like a four and a <laughs> half star match. No, it was like four. I mean, once again, Strowman stole the show. But then yeah, Roman but didn't it, have great spots. Joe didn't have great spots. So that dings it a bit. Yeah, but I mean, it was, it was, this was a really fun match to watch, and it was great because the crowd was in it. Everything else in this card, it didn't feel like the crowd was into any of this because they were tired. And, it, like, they were all just too much. You know, Way it's too just, much. it was just, you know, like, not, Carmella not even te- really teasing the cash in. Like, it, like she should have cashed in. I don't know. It felt like you have SummerSlam, you have two Money in the Bank briefcases that Baron Corbin pisses one off, and Carmella doesn't use the other. Feels like anticlimactic. Like none of these finishes were just like, "Wow, that was phenomenal." This, this, this was not a good. This SummerSlam sucked. It did not suck. It was decent. Whatever. What's I mean, wrong with being decent? It was. It was. It was all right. Like, listen, you can be mediocre sometimes. Like, it's not horrible. It's but not, not in your like, big four. Like this, like to make SummerSlam on par with WrestleMania in terms of length. And significance, allegedly. Like, WrestleMania is still your king, but it's like, SummerSlam's your queen, and like, Survivor Series is the bastard, and Royal <laughs> Rumble is like the child who sets everything up. But to, for that, for SummerSlam to be advertised as like this big pay-per-view, there aren't, there weren't any big moments. It was, it was the I, pace. I know, Braun putting Lesnar through table number two was huge. Yeah, but I'm saying that was one match. And, and I'm sure, like, there are other pay-per-views that, like John. Remember when John Cena was feuding with Kevin Owens? It was one match. You at SummerSlam, I feel like at SummerSlam or WrestleMania, you have to have at least three. Three. Moments. Yeah. When you okay. have a six-hour show, you, I need three moments. Yeah, Can yeah, you give yeah. me three moments out of no, twelve you, matches? You get three moments. Um, Sasha winning the title should have been a bigger moment, but the crowd was kind of lukewarm on that. Um, Ambrose and Rollins. Teasing the shield thing, I thought was a big moment. Only because we thought maybe somehow, some way, Roman Reigns wins and there's a shield reunion. Didn't happen. Um, Balor's Balor. Yeah, you have about two and a half moments. What was and this is a moment? Sasha winning the belt. She finally won at a pay per view. Just didn't feel like a moment. It felt like it that's happened. That's because the crowd it, was like, eh. yeah, but that's all part of the moment. Like. Like when, if, when if Nakamura would have won, that would have been a moment. They fucked that up. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Again, 
it's it's there's a huge problem with storytelling in WWE right now and pacing and putting things together. So I guess we'll talk about like Raw and SmackDown briefly before we get out of here. Um, off the bat, I by the way, I have not seen SmackDown yet. You but have we in it? No, no, we in it. Let's, you didn't. You didn't miss too much. No, right? I mean, I, I think I got the gist of what happened. You know, you know, Rude debuted. You know, Sean yeah. Benjamin came back. Fantastic. Correct. It's about the gist of it. Really are they awesome. now American Alpha? Or do they not have a name? They, it's nothing. They, they basically said they brought in Shelton to kind of coach Chad Gable or whatever he's going to do. They'll oh, probably God. be a tag. They'll be a tag team. Right. We'll see. Brought another black man. Anyway, um, my first question to you is: Are they doing Strowman Lesnar too soon? <sighs> yeah, right. Because I, I think you keep them apart. Or Strowman proved against Roman Reigns, he's amazing as the chaser, right? So you don't have to let him you gotta let him get close, but not close enough. Like if Brock for some reason fought someone else in a squash match and Strowman just wrecked Paul Heyman, that'd be dope. And then Strowman wins the Royal Rumble, Brock and him got beef. I'll carry all year. To do it in this pay-per-view, it's like why? Like what's next? I don't I'm not sure if Vince ever knows what's next anymore. He's just like, yo, these two had a huge pop. We're doing it at the next available moment. It's like, yo, just have some foresight. You're good. You're not losing the company. Just chill. Do your thing. And he has none of it, it seems like. Like, I feel, personally, I, I agree with you. I think it's too soon. Like, it's, No Mercy is like three weeks. It's too soon. But <laughs> Three weeks. Oh, God. Yeah, so quick. For, in, in this particular angle where you, you tested it on the Monday Night Raw before SummerSlam, and you you saw how hot the crowd was for this, and then you had Strowman destroy Lesnar, which really got people, you know, they really want to see this fight. And then on Raw, Strowman destroyed Lesnar again. Why? <laughs> I hope did, this is a trend, by the way. But why didn't like in order to to build towards this match? Why didn't you just run an injury angle with Lesnar? Why don't you put him on the shelf until Survivor Series? Because it would have been too smart. <laughs> it would have been too smart, like. To just say Strowman put Lesnar through the fourth table in two days and Lesnar suffered an injury and keep him off of TV. And then Strowman's trying to, you know, be the last man standing, maybe against four different people in his summer or excuse me, in his Survivor Series match, and then have Lesnar come out and just wreck him. And then Strowman have to go through the Royal Rumble. Would have been perfect. Too perfect. Vinnie Mac does not care. He's out to just ruin everyone's day. Well, one thing I will say though is they like WrestleMania's too far out. Because the pacing is just is bad. It's it's reaching its molten lava point where these guys have to do something against each other. So, so I felt like if if Stroma would have injured Lesnar and they would have waited till Survivor Series, I could have dealt with that. Um, I could even wait till the Royal Rumble. I just can't see them figuring out how to keep this feud hot to WrestleMania. It just it won't happen. They can't do it. No. But it's yeah. You got You could have easily like No Mercy is like a nothing pay per view. So you could have easily went Strowman, Reigns, Joe, and threw somebody else in there to be the number one contender and have Strowman win. You could have easily done that. Yeah, you would have felt like you're wasting things. But I was about to say, to my, yeah, but eh. But it leads me to my next problem. You're also now doing Roman Reigns, John Cena too soon. Maybe. It could be Cena versus Joe, which to me is super dope given their history. And that should be done longer and at the appropriate time too. But it's like to do Roman Reigns, John Cena, basically the same pay-per-view, like you're, you're 
it was my same thing with Roderick Strong and Bobby Roode when they were doing it on an NXT taping. Why are you doing this so soon? Like Nakamura and John Cena. Why are you doing this so soon? You got time to kill. WrestleMania is next year. Like I know you're trying to shake up the deck a little bit and figure things out, but why are you giving this to us now? Roman Reigns, John Cena feels like a WrestleMania match. Like It feels like if you're not going with Roman Reigns to face Brock Lesnar, a logical match would be Roman Reigns, John Cena. And, it, like, yo, the heat on both of them would be insane. But now you're just doing it at no mercy in three weeks, so you don't have a ton of time to build this. I don't understand why we're moving so fast to these things, unless they have a bigger picture in mind, but I just don't think they have I, it. I don't think they have it either. And talk about uh, no mercy, the Alexa Bliss promo commercial and people turning their heads like, oh. Yo, that was, they needed a Bang Bro sticker. Yo, that's on a Skidamax. Yeah. Like the job where you're 14, you go and you uh, sneak and watch. It was one of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else happening? Well, I no. think the Hardys, the Hardys in, uh, in two-thirds of the Shield, that was a pretty good tag match. That's not um, bad. But once again, that's something that could have played out longer, right? That, yeah. That, that, like, it just feels like, yo, so weird. It's like, we just wasted it on the second things. hour of Raw? It's, yeah. Like, why? Um, that would have been good for you. I, I really don't know where Joe is going now can't figure this out because if if roman and cena are going to face each other joe's not facing the miz is he no i, I don't see that happening so what are they doing with joe ah uh, man it's a good question joe's joe he just attacked somebody chill out it's not like and, they're putting the strap on him no i i mean i don't know it's like I know, I know Brooklyn was like Bizarro World where all the heels got cheered and shit. Like even Bobby Roode, spoiler, Bobby Roode makes his debut against Aiden English on SmackDown. And he's like, he's playing babyface through the whole match. It was weird. <laughs> but it was like, it's Bizarro World. This is what they do in Brooklyn. Like whenever they cheer the heels, you just, you just go with it, whatever. But Joe got a bigger pop than a lot of the guys. The crowd was chanting the hell out of Joe. So it's like, you got to do something with him. He was him. a clear babyface coming to the ring. Yeah, they, it was, I mean, it was a circle them. of heels, and the crowd went crazy for him. Uh, they also went crazy for the Miz, by the way. Who the Which Miz is deservingly so. Yeah, what he yeah. the promo he cut on Raw was a straight shoot, and it was great. It, I mean, the Miz's mic work has been nothing short of fantastic. Nothing yeah, short of it. Not bad in in ring, you know, with the Daniel Bryan ripoff moves and stuff. He's tolerable. Yeah, I mean, the, him and Bobby Roode are like the same guy to me in some ways. Right, they have fantastic personalities, um, and their in-ring work is—it's cool. It's, it's worthy of a title, um, but it's not—it's not like a workhorse title. Like I think the Miz should—I I, I actually like to see him get another run to main title. But the there's so many monsters title? in the site. Uh, <laughs> Network title. Network title. I—I I, rather see a title, you know, that just a good NXT title. I think I feel like that title's missing. Yeah, maybe. Yo, um, you're never going to get on board with adding an NXT title. No, not to add like another 50, 30 minutes to the show. I just uh, I just feel like... To add 30 minutes, I just want the Cruiserweights on there. That's another problem. I'm done well, with yeah. 205 Live being a standalone. Put it right after NXT and let them rock. And let them have their time and their matches on NXT takeovers and not on main pay-per-views. Have it be a completely separate entity. So, question. Because, yeah, now that we're broaching this 205 Live thing... Enzo Amore is on 205 Live. Was this decision made before or after Big Cass is out for nine months? After. 
I, I think it was inevitable. Don't get me wrong. But I, I feel like that street fight and all this stuff, I think they were going to blow off the feud at no mercy. Mm, okay. And now, it, it kind of just, oh, shit, his knee's messed up, and you fast-track it. Because they don't give a damn about Enzo anyway. So, and he'll still sell merch from 205 Live. So, you know, anybody follows me on Twitter, I said it, and we've talked about it. I've never seen a tag team that was so hot become ice cold in 30 days. Ice cold. Like, yo, they the breakup was the absolute, like, if you go back to the Dudley Boys split up, at least Devon had, like, Deacon Batista, and at least it felt like something. But they've gone so ice cold. When Big Cass comes back from injury, if they don't find a way to make him, like, the Mary with Children, uh, whatever season it was, a Mary with Children, when it was all a dream. <laughs> yeah. Like, that if they don't horrible, go that route. It was terrible. Like the whole season was terrible. But if they would, if they go the route with Big Cass, was like, I don't know what was wrong with me, and they just put him back with Enzo, I wouldn't even complain about the plot hole. I'd be like, whatever, good, they're back together. But if they Big do Cass need comes, each other, though, yes, if Big Cass comes back in nine months, nine months, he misses WrestleMania, by the way, right? Mm. Hold on, you gonna have me pull my calendar out? Yeah, September, October, November, December. Yeah, I can't count off the dome piece like that. He um, can't. One, yeah, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, it puts him in March. Mm, he's right at WrestleMania. March 18th. So if you put him back with Enzo right before him at WrestleMania and they finally win the tag titles, that works. If you don't, there's no place for, for Big Cass to go. Wow. By himself, he's, he doesn't, it doesn't work. By himself, he sucks. Tell Vince that. I can't. <laughs> if you had his number, it curse you out. I cannot. I cannot. I can't tell him. So, some <laughs> yeah. um, But no, Smack that's that's Smack. Well, SmackDown is not much better, honestly. Well, no. I mean, you know, you got Bobby Roode. We'll see what they're going to do with him. Um, clearly, they're going to go with Nakamura and Jinder again at the next pay-per-view. Uh, John Cena's now gone, which I'm perfectly fine with. They should bring Finn Balor over to SmackDown because I think it's a much better place for him because he's tiny and he can go. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what Corbin does. Um, he's he's going to be feuding with AJ. That's the route it seems like they're going. And, and like I said, Kevin Owens is more than likely going to have a match with Shane. Which, fine, Kevin Owens when, is When, though? Next pay-per-view, I'm sure of it. That's an odd time to play Shane. I thought Shane was like a main four type of guy. Dude, I don't know what they're doing with anything anymore. If, if Shinsuke Nakamura and John Cena have a wrestling match on SmackDown, anything can happen. That's that's the world we live in. Uh, shit, that's the theme of this week. Anything can happen. And if Conor McGregor knocks out Floyd Mayweather, we're gonna say that shit again next week. Yeah, like look. Oh, you know what? You're uh, almost got you to believe in Mystic Mac in the knockout. No, you didn't. No, no, I won't. I won't. You didn't completely like I, just get rid of it. I feel like no, I've gotten rid of it. I feel like anybody who says that Conor has a chance is doing it to save themselves. Because in the event that it does happen, they say, I told you he had a chance. Fuck that. Connor has no chance. I'm not going that route. <laughs> See, yeah, that, I mean, it's key. You got to give the guy 1% chance. I'm not giving You can't that. brag off 1% giving the guy I mean, a chance. Yeah, of course. I could probably hit a home run off of Clayton Kershaw. Right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> possibly if you had home run power sometime in but, your life. But if you bet on it, highly unlikely. Very true. So I ain't, I ain't giving. I'm telling Connor you, my girlfriend's gonna let me have it if Connor wins, because she's all the way in on Connor. 
Nice. Yeah. And, yeah, and I'm just like, yo, if he wins, I'm not going to hear the end of it. For even giving him just a 1% chance. That's why you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Hey, Because he shouldn't the, win. This is like legitimately, and we'll close the show with this. This is legitimately the Super Bowl of combat sports. And the reason I say that is if you have a Super Bowl party and a bunch of people come over your house, there are always a bunch of people who don't even know who's under center for either team. But they know who's going to win. And they're going to tell you and argue with you, I love the Patriots. I like that. <laughs> and, and when they win, they're going to tell you that they told you so. But you only had two fucking options, dude. That's it. And you, and you picked one that was right. You had a 50% chance. <laughs> you had no idea what was going to happen. People that are picking Conor McGregor are picking him because of his personality. They don't watch. Half the people I know picking Conor spells it with, spell it with two N's. And that's, what, exactly. that's all you got to know about that. Every time I talk to someone, like family member, anything... But like that Connor guy is gonna knock him out. C O N N O R. My point is like okay. (laughs) It's the Super Bowl. Everybody, if you if you're watching a fight, if you're having a fight party, you're guaranteed to have a bunch of people who don't watch boxing or MMA, and they're just gonna pick somebody. They're gonna say Floyd Mayweather's gonna run. They're gonna say Connor's gonna knock him out. They're gonna say a bunch of dumb shit that you just just endure it. That's all I ask of you people. Endure it. Deal with it next week, but it's gonna be bad. Well, we'll be back next week. If Connor actually knocks him out, we'll do an emergency podcast just because that's what the hell we do. Um, but there's 1% chance of that happening. So I think we'll talk to you guys next week. Recap everything. Until then, look for us in the crowd, chilling, you know, uh, media row at the fight. Try to, you know, pick out Andres. He's the one with the ball head. He really can't miss him. Uh, I spot him across the room at media events. So look for him. <laughs> look for him. Uh, check us out on social media at the Corner LSN on all platforms. Me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hill. Ton of work coming out. I can only imagine what the hell the next three days holds. It's going to be crazy. Thank you guys for listening. Until next week, though, we're tired, we're drinking, we're out. Peace. The Aaron's AA team makes getting the name brand furniture, electronics, and appliances you need easy and affordable. We're talking top brands like HP, Samsung, GE, Beautyrest, and so many more. Take them home today, then make low monthly payments until they're yours for good. Aaron's great rent-to-own deals even come with easy approvals and free delivery. That's Aaron's, the rent-to-own power of the AA team. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.